welcome, and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Today's episode is the FarmLink Project. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. All right, thanks, Brian. Hey, good morning, James and Aiden. How are you this morning? Great, thank you. Yeah, good to hear. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, This is a topic that we're definitely excited to uh, visit about. So the FarmLink project, let's jump in here and and talk a little bit about um, how it got started. You know, last spring, we were all watching the the news stories, um, reading the news stories, watching the news stories about all of these acres being plowed under a fresh produce. And at the same time, we had all of these long lines building outside of uh, food banks. And so... You guys saw that. No one was unaffected by that, but you guys saw that and actually put a plan into action. So talk a little bit about the back-end logistics, how that all got started. James, do you want to kick us off here this morning? Yeah, sure. Happy happy to. Um, So we started uh, back in mid-April when I think kind of the quarantines first started um, during the pandemic. We were sent home from school uh, and I'm we just remember like you were, it kind of felt like the world was almost crumbling um, all around you. And you were kind of like stuck and being told, don't go outside, stay home. Um, and that was the most important thing to do at the time. Uh, but there was, it felt like there was other things that we could do. And one big problem um, that we'd seen is like our local food bank um, started to face uh, surging demand. Uh, their prices for their purchasing had gone way up. Donations of food and drives and stuff was way down. And so it was like, how can we help? Um, and when we started reading um, those articles of just entire produce fields being plowed under, we figured we could try to do something. And I'll pass it to Aiden to take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, we don't know what we were going to do necessarily, but we started by uh, cold calling farmers to basically learn more about the issues that they were facing. We'd been reading the articles, but uh, getting to talk to farmers was a huge thing off the beginning. And when we found farmers who had surplus basically what we would do is rent a truck um like from penske for example and drive to the farm ourselves load the back of that truck with whatever uh surplus produce or in some cases eggs at the beginning uh that we had and then we would drive to the food banks ourselves and and help unload um so in the beginning yeah that's kind of what it looked like was us driving a giant like 26 foot box truck on the freeway with a bunch of pallets of eggs in the back. And uh, that's not what it looks like so much anymore, but it's kind of uh, remarkable to see how, it, how it's come from that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the cool part of the story is you guys are college students, right? I mean, your entire team is made up of college students. So you guys are the co-founders, but this is a big team that's working on these efforts today, right? Yeah, we're, we're a team of, um, you know, we fluctuate going up and down, but at, at, at its peak around 200, um, not just college students, we have people from all around the country, uh, but, you know, the average age of our team is 21 years old. So it is um, mostly young people, which is, you know, our age. We're, we're both, um, well, I'm a senior um, uh, in college and uh, James is a rising junior. Yeah. Yeah, great. So, you know, talk about the connections, the the network that you guys have built in facilitating this program. You know, did you all know one another to begin with, or did you put the word of mouth out and it just built from there? What did that look like? I mean, it was really friends of 
you know, it, it started as just friends and then it was friends of friends and then it was friends of friends of friends and then it was strangers. Um, and then it was anyone who, you know, had seen us on the news and sent us, uh, you know, a, a DM on Instagram or sent us an email or a letter. Uh, and, you know, pretty soon we had no connection to the people and, and it started to create an even stronger team, I think, because there was one thing that kind of united us, which was the mission that we're, we're on of trying to you have way too much food over here and not enough food here. And how do we connect the dots? Yeah, absolutely. Bridging the gap is is um, definitely what you guys are excelling at today. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about those initial uh, cold calls that you guys were making to farmers. So neither of you have a farm background, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what did that look like picking up the phone and making a call to a farmer who, you know, is experiencing one of the toughest times in their farming career, plowing their food under? What did those initial conversations look like, James? You know, that was like one, it was, it was surprising at first because probably the first 150 farms we called didn't have any surplus. So this was like days of cold calling and just getting nothing. Um, but then ultimately when we, when we found a farm that did, it was, you know, an overwhelming amount. It was, wow, I'd buried, you know, several million pounds of onions, uh, you know, just last week. And I, yeah, I have some more, if you'll take them, that would be amazing. Uh, and, and, and I think the, again, and I have to talk about this, but the one thing we, you know, you can't fast track is, is building trust with farmers. Um, and so that's a process that we take really seriously. We want to be able to follow through on all our kind of promises and we got to take the time to build those relationships. So it was a lot of, I think, building that relationship, um, and to then be able to actually get this food to people who need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Aiden, how are you guys continuing to build those relationships today? How has that, that process evolved um, since the beginning last spring? Yeah. I mean, basically uh, what, what our team looks like now is a reflection of what we were doing in the beginning, uh, but just on a much larger and better scale in the sense that we have this team of people, we call it the farms team. Um, and that's a group of people who spend every single day reaching out to farmers Um both ones that they have spoken with in the past and new uh, to learn their issues and first and foremost, understand what's going on on a daily basis so that we can respond accordingly. Um, The last thing we want to do is sit and come up with our own solutions for issues that we do not know the uh, unique nature of. So what that, what that takes is a constant sort of outreach and relationship built. Um, And I, and that is something I'm, I think we're really proud to say that, uh, we've been able to do, but it's something we're trying to continue to do every single day. Uh, and um, also, if someone likes to would like to get involved or kind of see like on a personal uh, side, how are that process works, you can join and do one of our power hours, which is uh, this a session basically that we set up where uh, volunteers can do research and outreach calling farmers and helping us build those relationships. Yeah. So, you know, James, in the beginning, where did you find this list of farmers to start calling and how has that evolved um, since the beginning? And are you guys having farmers come to you today? Yeah. So it started with literally the articles uh, that were being written um, about these, you know, entire produce fields being plowed under ditches, being dug to, you know, bury potatoes and onions, things like that. Um, that was the first place to start. And it was like, I'm going to call every single person who works at this thing. I'll track down people on LinkedIn 
and just try to find a way in because we know that that's like going to be a high yield thing. Or it was really just anything online, things on Facebook groups talking about surplus, things like that. Yeah, great. So I have to ask, what are your majors? Uh, I'm majoring in symbolic systems, which sounds like it's made up. It's not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like computer science, basically. Okay, great. Great. Aiden? I study uh, international comparative politics. Also kind of sounds like it's made up. Uh, It's political science. It's basically history, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm expecting like a a logistics in there somewhere, you know, so it just blows my mind how all of this came together and it came together so quickly. So you rented that first Penske truck, you drive out to the field, you pick up the food. How does it evolve to where you are today? Um, James, you mentioned that you guys are working with Uber Freight today. Talk about how some of those relationships came to be. Yeah. I mean, we were in a rock in a hard place where, you know, Aiden's on the 405 going about, you know, 20 miles an hour getting honked at <laughs> with a full <laughs> truck. Um, and we needed, we needed to figure something else out. And so we started to reach out to uh, different transportation companies um, and Uber Freight like quickly was like, Hey, yeah, we would love to help. Let us know like what we can do. Um, and they'd put out kind of a big um, COVID-19 fund. And so we got to be a part of that and, you know, they've stayed with us since then. Now it's eight months and they're still moving 99% of the freight that we're moving. So very right. lucky to be able to navigate that. That's just awesome. And, you know, the, the really cool part about this story is, you know, while farmers were plowing their food under, um, you guys are able to actually provide some compensation on the back end, correct? Am, am I right in saying that? Aiden, talk a little bit about that and what the back end logistics looked like there. Yeah. Uh, so, We've provided about a, about a, roughly a million dollars uh, worth of compensation to farmers across the U.S. Um, and truck drivers, and and that's because at, at the beginning, you know, the, the 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 issues we were trying to fight was not just the fact that people were not getting enough food; it was also the fact that we were talking to farmers who were saying, you know, the supply chain breakdowns were uh, destroying their their monthly incomes, and were you know, it, it was a it was a financial disaster for uh, many of these farmers we were speaking to. So uh, we made it top priority to, you know, when we spoke with these farmers who had surplus, we'd say, okay, we want to recover your costs essentially and uh, pay for the pick and pack out costs and make sure that you can continue to give your workers a paycheck. Um, And that's what we still do to this day. So 100% of the donations that are given to us uh, have gone to farmers and and then truckers to help move that food. and uh, in doing so, we've, like I said, as I've said, moved a million uh, dollars worth and, and, con- and continuing to uh, use our donations to do so. Right. So what produce crops are you guys moving today? Are, are you just working in the produce space? James, you mentioned eggs at the beginning. Yeah. So we're doing a majority produce. So, you know, potatoes, onions, apples, carrots, tomatoes, grass, mixed greens. Um, really everything that you can buy at the grocery store, um, we are trying to move. Uh, and then we've also done, um, a bit of milk and eggs, um, and just trying to make sure that we can provide enough protein, um, for the people that we're serving. 
So on a daily basis, you know, logistically, your team is is behind the scenes making these phone calls, uh, sourcing this food to be donated. Um, how do you break that up? You know, are, are you breaking that up in, in proteins and grains or what does that process look like? What's your um, what's your plan there, Aiden? Uh, in regards to how to essentially like split up the variety of the food we move. Correct. Yes. Yeah. At the beginning, that was something that was uh, more difficult for us because we were responding to 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 what was out there pretty much, um, and I, we didn't have the network to be able to pick and choose. I guess uh, if it was three million pounds of potatoes that we found in Idaho, then that's a, you know we moved a lot of potatoes and milk in the beginning. Now, though, as we've been able to, like like farm team that I mentioned has been able to have so many relationships, we're starting to see variety come in, which is something I think is awesome because, uh, you know, a bag of potatoes isn't going to um, solve a family's problems for that month. Uh, and so what it looks like is now, you know, you know, it's as simple as um, – us hearing from a food bank, hey, we're really short on, let's say, I don't know, bell peppers. And then one of our team members uh, understanding that they had just spoken to a farmer who had, let's say, bell peppers that they were struggling to sell. Uh, and just having that idea in the back of their mind of that conversation uh, and being able to, to link the two. Um, at, the, at the beginning, this was something that seemed like, okay, maybe we're not going to be the best organization for variety. But now I'm seeing us move things like seasonal fruits like stone fruits uh just a, a wide variety of things that is you know it's it's amazing to see yeah so your team started hyper local there in what area are you guys in where did this originate los angeles los angeles okay that's what i thought so hyper local there in los angeles i just saw a blog post for maine apples so you guys truly are coast to coast now um how did you grow so quickly? I mean, for any company, this would be a huge undertaking. You know, you guys, I'm guessing at the very beginning, we're a very bare bones team. Um, how did this expand so rapidly? And how did you manage to cover and move so many uh, tons of food so quickly? James? Yeah, I, I think what you don't see on this call is like, there is an amazing team of passionate driven students um, behind the scenes, literally hundreds of them that are working tirelessly every day to make this happen. And what we've really done is, is really trusted them. Uh, like when we bring people onto the team, it, we're not, you know, it's like, Oh, like, why don't you start calling, calling farm? It's like, we'll give, we give people real responsibility. Um, and by doing that, it allows you to grow really, really quickly. So if you really put your trust in kind of, you know, a hundred other people, you can, you can do quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Nate, Aiden. I would just, um, I don't emphasize what James said and then add on and saying that, um, bringing on people from all around, from all around the country has been, is also what, like has also what's been allowed, allowed us to move food all around the country in that, um, I may not be familiar with the food distribution space um, or the farming space in Maine, for example, but we might have several team members from Maine or Rhode Island or upstate New York, for example, who are more familiar, who have personal connections and uh, are able to potentially actually go and visit and speak with these people. And um, that that's, I think, made a huge difference. Yeah. So, you know, you guys have talked a lot about the calls, but this is really about boots on the ground and the areas where they need to be is what it sounds like to me. So Absolutely. we've, 
talked about the trust building aspect, you know, with the farmers, we've talked about the trust that you guys obviously have within your team. Let's talk a little bit about the food banks. So in the beginning, you know, there's a lot of food safety. There's a lot of quality control issues that go into moving this much food. Um, what did that conversation look like initially with the food banks? Were they eager to work with you, James? Yeah. I mean, this is something that I think keeps Aiden and I up at night. It's just, you know, anytime you're moving this volume of food, you have to be thinking about food safety um, because it happens to even the best of, you know, companies, national billion dollar corporations, it happens. Um, and so you need to have protocol in place to kind of take care of that. At the beginning of COVID, when this first started, it was really crisis mode. If you remember, you know, the mile long lines that were wrapping around the block, food banks literally running out of food and turning away, you know, more than half the people that lined up that day. And so really any help was welcome. And then thankfully food banks, this is the space that they operate in, this kind of secondary produce. So they have the food safety protocols in place. Um, and that's something that we want to make sure that every partner we work with has those things so we can ensure that we're not going to get anyone sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you talked about, um, you know, working coast to coast today. Are the food banks calling you? Are, are they putting in, you mentioned that some food banks are, are low, calling, saying that they're low on green peppers. Um, is that the standard? Are you getting calls from food banks across the country on a daily basis? Yeah, I would say at this point, yes. Um, we don't sit around and wait for those calls. Uh, we try to be proactive and, 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 and first focus on the sourcing and then, and then, uh, reach out basically, uh, so that food banks don't have to do that. But there was a certain point where, you know, suddenly it switched from us, you know, having to go be on the phone and convince the food bank that yes, we are students, but we're actually trying to help. And, you know, we're not scamming you to, uh, to food banks actually reaching out to us and, and saying, okay, we've heard about you. Is there any way that we can get involved? Um, mm -hmm. which was a special moment. Yeah. So let's talk about where the project is today. So how many volunteers do you have coast to coast, James? So this is it. We probably like of like maybe closer to part-time to full-time volunteers, uh, probably 150. Um, and then kind of a network of, you know, your typical volunteer that you're used to who will give, you know, a couple hours a week, um, several hundred, if not thousand. Right. Fantastic. And this is all word of mouth. I mean, you guys haven't done any advertising, right? I mean, this is just from generated earned media and people reading about your story and wanting to be involved, right? Am, am I right in thinking that, Aiden? Yeah, we haven't done any uh, paid advertising or anything like that, if that's what you mean. Um, yeah, that's... No. That's just phenomenal um, that you have been able to grow that quickly and build such a fantastic team coast to coast to be able to fill these these needs um, within these small communities and, and larger communities as well. So how many states are you working in today, James? 45. 45 states. All right. And are you just working with food banks or are you able to work with other entities as well? This is something that I think is slowly becoming more and more of our focus um, is to one is to realize if we really want to fight food insecurity in the US, um, that food banks are not the only venue to do that. Um, and right now with 39% of Americans who are food insecure, who don't go to food banks because of the stigma, we have to be thinking about other ways to reach those people. So we've invested a lot in doing school distributions and doing pop-up farmers markets uh, even like direct to door distribution, trying to find ways to reach families where they're at in a way that treats them with dignity and respect 
and it's not like standing in a line in the hot sun for several hours to get a dented can of soup. That's, that's just an, I don't even have words for it. What you guys are doing is just so impactful. Um, and to be able to grow it and scale it as quickly as you have, it's just mind blowing. Um, kudos to you guys for the work that you're doing. I mean, your team is phenomenal in helping to bridge these food insecurity gaps. Um, let's talk a little bit about rural communities. How are you able to reach the folks in rural communities or has that been an initiative to this point? Aiden? Yeah, I think when we started, um, you know, there are organizations who have done an amazing job of getting food to communities before us and who have continued to throughout this pandemic. And so we didn't want to make, we didn't want our efforts to be redundant. Um, we wanted to instead focus on the communities that are, let's say, outside of the network of Feeding America, for example. Uh, so the way we've been able to do that is, I mean, big thank you to Uber Freight, uh, who's been, you know, a partner that's allowed us to be uh, flexible, maneuverable, uh, turnaround on a short notice. Each of these things, super necessary for us to get to rural communities. Um, that, that includes the people on our team who are able to basically, you know, be making on on the fly decisions, uh, constantly communicating back and forth so that we can, let's say, get a truck out to um, a community in the middle of Arizona that doesn't have a, 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 a usual logistics system set up. But we try to get creative in the ways we've, we've done, we, we do it. Um, in August, we used a, a fleet of 22 planes that to fly uh, boxes of vegetables out in, in, Cal in Northern California. Um, you know, it was, we did a, we did a couple hundred pounds of produce, which, you know, comparatively uh, it was less than the usual delivery we might do, but we were able to get food to a community that um, otherwise we would not have been able to, and who hasn't been able to get food from anyone else. So that's, I think a great example of kind of our mindset with this and, and how we're willing to be flexible and, and get creative about it. Right. And, and in getting creative, you know, when I hear a, about a fleet of 22 planes, that's, that's not just getting creative. I mean, there's a lot of back-end logistics there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is that just picking up the, the phone and making calls to air freight companies? How does that happen? Yeah, no, that, that actually came through a, a connection of, I, I, I think, and James, please, please let me know if you remember the, the name of the organization. It's totally skipping my mind, but it was an amazing group of, of, kind of retired pilots and pilots on the side who they have been doing this all pandemic, basically helping organizations fly um, uh, uh, both PPE and, and, and necessary relief uh, to hard to reach communities. And I think we were connected by, via a, uh, uh, you know, a, a mutual organization that each of us knew. And they said, you know, random, but if you guys think you can do anything with them, then, then, you know, might as well connect you. And it ended up being perfect because we had communities that our trucks couldn't reach and they were like, hell yeah, let's, let's get these, let's get these guys food. And we made the delivery in August. Um, and it, it's something we're, you know, uh, while it was crazy, I, like I said, it, it is something that we're willing to do, uh, if it, if it, if it makes a difference between a community getting food or not. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about post pandemic. Um, is the FarmLink project here to stay? Um, or do you see this as being a, a pandemic-driven initiative, James? We're absolutely here to stay. The problems that we're addressing were here in our food system um, long before the pandemic, uh, and they're going to be here long after. 
And what we want to do is kind of take this kind of feel good story of, of students, you know, stepping up to do something amid the pandemic. We want to turn that into lasting change. Uh, for too long, hunger has been in the shadows of this country. And you always think about hunger in all these other countries and you don't realize that it's happening to your neighbor. It's happening just down the street. So what we're committed to is seeing this through and to try to use the pandemic on what's happening right now to try to build back a better system. Right. You know, I think many times we don't realize just how large the food insecurity issues are in this country. Um, You know, just looking at your website, 50 plus million Americans are food insecure. 18 million of those are children. You know, and when you couple that with 30 to 40 percent food waste that we see in the U.S. every year, it just makes what you guys are doing so much more impactful, you know, both on the farmer side and the recipient side to bridge those gaps. So let's talk a little bit about um, new partners who are coming to the table. You know, if someone wants to become involved, either on the volunteer side um, or, you know, a financial contribution, how do they make that happen? Aiden? Yeah, uh, the, the, the quickest way is through our website, farmlingproject.org. Uh, there you're going to see a host of options. You can go to the uh, button, get involved. And there you can see if you want to volunteer, if you are representative of an organization that wants to get involved, if you want to donate, uh, we have a, a litany of options uh, for, for you to choose from. And, um, you know, that's considered of if you're someone who has, let's say, a hundred hours they want to give and, and, and volunteer full-time, or if you just have an hour a week, uh, we try to give a spectrum and a range of ways in which you can join. Yeah. Great. Um, James, anything to add to that? I think Aiden kind of hit it on the, okay, perfect. we we, We can use really like anyone who, who just wants to help, whether it's their local community, whether it's, whether it's another area, we, we need your help. Everyone has something to give and, and we want those people on our team. Mm-hmm. And you guys are set up as a 501c3, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right. So as we look at wrapping up here this morning, anything that I've missed, um, anything that you guys want to make sure is shared to the audience here this morning? Aiden, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, touch on a point that James just mentioned, which is that this, what we're doing is not um, rocket science. It really just takes uh, effort and, and care and passion uh, uh, day in and day out. I mean, and it was, you know, a system set up by people who knew nothing about farming and, and or agriculture or in, in, in many ways, food distribution when we started, which means that we're not going to hold anyone to those standards uh, if they want to join. Uh, instead, we invite you to just come and learn, uh, but know that joining and learning is going to involve, you know, as soon as, as soon as you get started, uh, that week, I mean, it's, you're going to, you're going to have responsibility and, and, you know, we, and you're going to be moving food around the country. Um, so I think that's what we'd like to represent is the, are, are people who feel like they can't help because they don't have the right skill sets. This is a resource for you. Um, but come, come prepared. Yeah. So James, Aiden, how much have you guys learned about agriculture throughout this whole process? more than we care to admit. And yet it feels like it'll take a lifetime to, to really even understand just a fraction of it. Um, right. It's amazing. It is, it is absolutely amazing what our, 
what people do on a day-to-day basis to get food to to you. I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's humbling. It's um, and it's 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 complex. That's the reality. Uh, and we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, great. So, you know, James, same question. Um, final thoughts here. Yeah, my, my final thoughts I think are are similar to Aiden's that. You know, if you have any experience in the, the agricultural industry or just you, you you can empathize with farmers who may have to be, you know, struggling right now or people who um, are facing food insecurity and maybe lining up for the food banks for the first time in their lives, we need your help. Um, if you go to farmlingproject.org, we will welcome you into this into this group and let's do what we can to, to help out when lend a helping hand during this hard time. All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us here this morning. I, I know it's early where you are there on the West Coast. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, and again, you know, kudos and, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, it really is so important and so impactful. Uh, Brian, I think we're ready to turn it back over to you for that video. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.